everyone, this is Kate McGaw, founder and CEO of Arclight Agile. I'm a certified Scrum trainer and I'm passionate about training leadership agility. And welcome to our podcast. And I'm Ryan Smith. I'm a certified Scrum master and a certified product owner. And our topic today is business agility. And we have a special guest star, returning champion Anu Smalley, is here to talk about business agility. I admit that I'm new to the topic, so I'm going to let you take it away and sort of discuss with us what it means. And I think it's a complicated topic or it has a lot of moving pieces. So I'm going to turn it over to you. What is business agility? Um, That's the million dollar question, isn't it? Most people believe business agility means we are making the business side of the IT organization do scrum. That's, you know, oh yeah, our business is doing scrum. So we are, we have business agility. Business agility basically means it's the entire organization. How can we get not just one business for IT, but everything across the organization, whether how do you hire people? How do you grow people? How do you do finance and accounting and audits and compliance, everything? How can you ensure that across the board, you have this thing called business agility? So what does that word mean? It basically means, can we get to a point where we as an entire organization have the ability to react to things that are happening in the world without waiting for five years and a full-grown business model plan to be put into effect, can we pivot? Can we change? Can we adapt? And how can, with that, how can we make a bigger impact in the world? Because that's why businesses are here, to stay in business. And I think Anu, you you highlighted something there. It's it is not to do with Scrum. We're talking about the word agile. Forget the word Scrum and Kanban. We're talking about agility. If you think about mm-hmm. the dogs going through the the cones, it's a agility yeah. course, and that's what we're yeah. talking about. We're talking about yeah. any organization, whether they're technology or not being able to inspect and adapt and effortlessly respond to what's going on in the world and changing and pivoting as needed. Yeah. And the reason we need to do that, the the reason we need more business agility today than 50 years from before is because the world has changed. Yeah. The world is so small. My customers are no longer just my local customers. I may have customers across the world, across the globe. And these customers have many, 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 many options. I am not the sole provider for products and services. So companies have to, organizations need to be able to be relevant with products and services for their customers. I mean, think about companies that have gone out of business. Think about, uh, you know, if you look at um, Kodak and if you look at uh, Barnes and Noble is still hanging on there. Uh, Blockbuster. 
blockbuster. It's not that people don't watch movies anymore. It's the way we watch movies is different, right? And when one company said, hey, I don't think we're gonna do that, people went to another place. And once you lose a customer, it's very hard to bring them back. Business agility is therefore needed for your customers to make sure they you stay relevant and you can provide customer satisfaction and delight. And you also need business agility for your own employees. Yeah. If your organization is not empowered and psychologically safe, you're going to lose people. People no longer leave, like, you know, we used to say way in the back in the days, we used to say, people don't leave a job, they leave their manager. Right. Then it became people don't leave managers, they leave the companies. Now it's become people don't leave companies, they leave toxic cultures. Business agility is needed to make sure we don't leave lose knowledge and capability with our employees. Because if we lose good people, we can support our customers. You know, I, I wanted think- to, oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, and I think the the fourth edition of um, the domains of business agility from the Business Agility Institute covers that in, in the four key principles. I mean, what you're talking about, Anu, is one of the key principles, which is there are thousands of different ways to do this. As you've said, mm-hmm. it's going to be different for every organization. They're going to have different approaches and practices and operating models and things like that. But pivotal to all of this is that it's a continuum it is not a one and done it is thousands of ways to do it and it's an ongoing process it's something it's it's almost to do with this mindset shift Mm -hmm. you know and and I'm glad you brought this up the fourth edition actually talks about goes a little beyond just um, things to look for. And they actually talk about uh, behavioral change and they talk about principles. And in in every business agility approach I've seen so far, what I see is here are the five areas of business agility you need to bring in place, right? So maybe it's process agility or structural agility or whatever. You have to focus on this. But I think something you said up there, that there are different ways to do this and it's a continuum. It's it's not a once and done thing. So I think they are trying to bring it back to values and principles. Because if you get that, then you're actually going to be able to do the behavioral change that's needed. Yeah. And I think that the fourth one, so we've talked about the three key principles. We've talked about continuum. We've talked about thousands of ways. We've talked about behavioral change. Talk to us a bit, Anu, about the the range of excellence. What are we meaning by that? That's the fourth principle. So um, the range of excellence says, for me, what that means is every organization has different areas in its uh, in its organization and every organ each organization is different depending on the size excellent for me doesn't mean the same as excellence for you 
excellence in finance doesn't mean excellence in HR. Each, they, the, what excellence means is going to be different. And I think that's, that's the thing about, if you look at two departments, if you look at two teams in IT, excellence can mean different things to each one. It doesn't have to be the same because the work they do, the people there is completely different. And yeah. for me, the range of excellence is that every organization will have a range of excellence. Organizations in an industry will have a range of excellence. Yeah. So, and I think that's a, I think this version of the domains of business agility has brought in some of that flexibility. In the earlier versions, they just had these domains. Okay, here are the domains and do with it uh, what you might. Here they've, in, they've added in the four principles, which we've just talked about. They've actually identified that there is a purpose for business agility, um, which we were talking about this earlier, that why should you do it? We talked about this, right? There is, we need to be able to meet our customers' needs, our employees' needs. This is what we talk about being flexible enough with our employees so that they want to be here. We need to be resilient. So we stay and customers come back and bring more of their friends with them. And then we have the freedom to figure out how do we grow? What is our range of excellence actually mean to us? So they've added in this purpose of freedom, flexibility, and resilience, which I think underlines that whole idea of values and principles. Yeah. Which I think is brilliant because you can take this and connect it to an organization's values and principles and help them see the importance of business agility. Yeah, and I think when you're visualizing it, we're looking at business agility in the middle. It's a circle in the middle. And we have these five domains around the outside. We've got the customer centricity. We've got the engaged culture. We've got value-based delivery. We've got flexible operations and we've got people first leadership. So we, we have those five domains of business agility. So let's talk a bit more about some of those different domains. And any of these resonate with you particularly? The thing that I like here that I've always um, thought is very important is people first leadership. Yeah. Right. You are, if you are leading for an output, mm -hmm. you will only go so far. But if you can focus on your people and actually lead people, that makes a huge difference. And They've actually called it out differently in this version, and I really appreciate that. Yeah. yeah calling out the whole emphasis on uh, focus on people first, and that becomes important. For me, that, that was something that made me go, yes, that's an awesome thing to do. And then Ryan, let, uh, well, I was going to say, let's, let's jump in and, and see from Ryan. Do any of these five in particular stand out? For you, Ryan, for being more on the delivery end of things? On the delivery end of things, you know, it's one of these things that the organizations I'm with typically struggle with is, you know, value-based delivery and flexible operations and, and 
I think it's the value-based delivery. It's like, what is value? Is it what's yeah. in the product manager's head and the, like what the roadmap he's driving to, or is it we're focused on real end users and what they're, what's going to be valuable to them when we release it. And those can be in conflict. The responsive customer centricity is great. I mean, these are things that I think the danger is and it, okay, we, we talk about this sometimes is people adopt our terminology and mm-hmm. then it becomes very hollow. Yeah. You know, like we have a daily scrum, but you have a status meeting that you call a scrum. It's not, you've mm-hmm. not adopted yeah. anything else. And my, my fear with things like this is it gives them these happy sounding buzzwords without the responsibility that these really engender. Like, yeah. Are you really an engaged culture? Do people feel, do you, are you treating teams relatively? Like I, I knew that's what you were talking about previously is like one engineering team versus another engineering team. Yeah. Their excellence is not the same. It's relative. And yeah, you can't yeah. compare engineering to finance or to right. another department. And so you have these, but organizations, I think larger organizations, conservative organizations and all organizations become conservative over time as they have market share and they're, you know, they're, they're bigger and bigger. They want to calcify things and put them into equations and put them into metrics and spreadsheets that they can then, you know, like sort of see a continuous story as opposed to this, like we're in the agile world. We're like, well, this isn't working. Let's eject it. Or like this, this team is doing things completely differently than that team. And so how do we prevent them from like adopting our language, but really keeping the core value or, or adopting those values? And that's that's what I see in this sometimes. And that's the stuff I worry about where it's, you Can know. I, I, yeah. Sorry, Ryan. No, go uh, no I was going to say it, it's the behaviors. I think the focus on behaviors with this model is going to. Uh, I mean, you and I have talked multiple times about stuff being weaponized. I think the focused on for being focused on the behaviors will help stop that. So, I mean, mm. the one you mentioned was engaged culture when Anu was saying which one resonates with me. This is one that we cover a lot in our certified agile leadership courses, whether it's the teams course or whether it's the level two program. But it's are we is is everyone in the organization acting as one team? Do we have business and IT and everyone? We are one team for our organization. So it's do we have a culture of engagement throughout the entire organization? Do we have, again, something else we've talked about, do we have the level of psychological safety that we need in our culture? Do we have, one of the things Anu and I talk a lot in, in about in the courses is, are you a learning organization? Do we have an environment where we are encouraging people to continue to learn? Tied in with what you said, Ryan, how do we have an organization which has the behavior of inspecting and adapting? And are we retrospecting? You see, I got retrospecting added in. Uh, I can add retrospecting to every webinar, every podcast. But do we have that type of environment where we're working together as one. So I, I, I think the focus on the behaviors 
rather than having it as more checklist driven will get us away from the the, the weaponization of that of it anu what what are your thoughts around that okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i th i think and you know as you were talking about as you were speaking i was thinking i said i was thinking if this model is not used not, not if this model is not put in place with care mm. the entire model can be weaponized yeah yep Yep. And yep. um, and I think, and I'm now putting words into the Business Agility Institute's thinking process. And as you were talking, I'm thinking, if I were them, that is probably why I added the details into this model over the last model. Like the last model just had here are the five domains and have fun with it. Yeah. I mean, there was more to it, but... This version, this edition gives us the principles, gives us the purpose. It gives us five domains of business agility, which were different from the last one. Each domain then says, now with each domain, there are capabilities that an organization should focus on. So the capability is, what is my ability to do something in an organization? So if I am talking about, um, if you were talking about people first or learning or engaged culture, you know, what does it mean to be a learning organization? What does it mean? To, you talked about all of this, engaged, being uh, psychologically safe and acting as one team and not as us versus them. So these are capabilities. If you have these capabilities, you'll do well in that domain of engaged culture. So yeah. how do you build up these capabilities? the model actually introduces 80 different behaviors mm -hmm. that can help organizations build these 18 capabilities in the five domains. When you look at the model for the first time, and I think Kate, you and I had the same reaction. And I remember saying this to uh, somebody at BAI as well. I'm like, when I look at the first thing, it's like, whoa, this is big, it's overwhelming. But if you break it down, if you actually take a look at the model and you look at it, it says the behaviors are also broken up into who should be behaving this way. Mm. Is yeah. it just the executives? Is it the leaders? Is it everyone? Because business agility is not the responsibility of your executives. Mm. Okay, business great point. Is the, it's the responsibility of everyone in the organization. You just have different types of responsibilities. You can't sit somewhere and say, well, you know, my, my boss is, is responsible for creating psychological safety. I'm just not going to respond to anything they do. Then it no longer is it, they can't really build a psychologically safe space, right? If they yeah. build a psychologically safe space, you have to step in and be courageous. If you don't, yeah. it's not going to work. So I like that they call out that behavior is not just at the highest level, it's across the organization. Yeah. And and, and it's things like um, some of the behaviors that, that, that we're looking for are sort of 
Um, we proactively delight the customer. That's everyone. Yeah. It's it's not just everyone. leaders. It's not just executives. It's everyone. Yeah. It's refines the customer experience. So it, mm -hmm. these are the behaviors. It, it's not something that is measurable. We're trying to change the mindset. A lot of things yeah. tie in with more of the Kanban and Scrum way of working. When we're talking about optimizing the flow, we're limiting the work in progress, but you don't have to be using Scrum or Kanban yeah. in order to do that. However you want yeah. to do it, what we're looking for is the mindset change and the behavior change throughout the mm -hmm. entire organization. I mean, it's it's measuring business outcomes regularly. And it, it's these are the types of things that are, that are falling under the domain of everyone. Exactly. Exactly. But I some of these, I mean, uh, oh, sorry to interrupt you. I'm, I think we talked over each other. Uh, no, I was. It was interesting that you said delight the customer because I was just listening to a talk where they were talking about Steve Jobs, and mm -hmm. that was his thing. Was that one of the reasons Apple had gotten away from like instruction manuals and here's a detailed like he wanted people to discover within the product mm -hmm. things that would delight them, like mm -hmm. that people would come and say, "Oh my God, I didn't realize that the operating system would do this thing, and I found it," and it was like. So he was not detailing out for people what he was doing. He was just like leaving it there for people to find. Mm -hmm. And maybe that was a little obscure, like leaving it to people to find. Some people will never find it. Other people will come across it. But those were the clearly the people that sort of needed it. So, but that seems like a result of something as opposed to like a deliberate behavior. I mean, I'm looking at the wheel here where it's got business agility, it's got the 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 five um the five uh, domains and then it's got the the wheel of behavior yeah. for lack of a better word mm -hmm. and it's cuz and the, but the way it breaks it down cuz when you when you say 80 behaviors you're like, "Oh my god, how who's supposed to remember that?" And then it sort of says uh -huh. like here's sort of what you guys should focus on. And what I do like about this wheel is for the leadership, there's a lot on their plate. Like yeah, they are right? 50 yeah. plus percent of this wheel. And yeah. because a lot of times you're just like, I'm in control, I'm in charge, I tell you what to do, do it. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, no, 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 you are significantly responsible for these yeah. behaviors that people are then going to sort of model themselves on. Like, oh, if this is the way the, the you know, the executives, the leadership acts, this is the way I'll act. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's, you know, when you talk about what they're going to do, I like like some of the behaviors for the leaders, right? Um, model the desired behavior. So you want your people to behave in a way, model it. Uh, one of the, my favorite behaviors for leaders is share the rules behind salaries. Mm. Don't make it a, you know, national secret about who gets, why does anybody, why, how come they get paid? $50,000 more than I do. Right. Well, here's why, right? Because that creates unsafe environments. So mm -hmm. how do you, it, it's just, I like this and you're right. It can be very overwhelming, but they actually break it up and say, yes, there are so many different behaviors, but they belong to the different capabilities and they belong to the different domains. So if you say, we need to focus on engaged culture, 
focus on engaged culture, dig into the capabilities in that domain, dig into the behaviors at different levels in that domain, focus on that. And once you're done, say, okay, how have we moved the needle? What can we focus on next? You can't do everything. Yeah, I think another one, a new, uh, and Ryan, that stands out under the leaders is the ruthlessly prioritize. Because yes. it's one of the key things that we're seeing over and over again at the moment is changing priorities. And it's the leadership yes. changing the priorities um, and derailing a lot of teams as they go through. So I like the word ruthlessly um, added in front of that. Um, mm -hmm. But again, it, it's this behavioral change that we're looking to see in the organization. So just a reminder, so as we, we finish out this podcast, our purpose, as Anu said to start with, is the reason we're doing this is so as an organization, we have freedom, we have flexibility, and we have resilience. Um, that is, is why we're doing it. So mm -hmm. any closing thoughts from you, um, Anu or Ryan? use business agility and be wise about it don't blunder into it uh, don't boil the ocean do one step at a time and the focus should be on the outcome and not oh look at all the things we've done check 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 don't do that then you will never get business agility just focus on small improvements be agile about business agility and you'll be fine. Yeah, I don't think I could say it any better. I think that that's, that's what I sort of take away from it is, but it's worth really looking at and digging in on. I'm, I like the, 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 the sort of map they've given and uh, I plan to really study it. Yeah, perfect. Okay, thank you very much, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. You will find us on Twitter at Arclight Agile. You will also find us on LinkedIn at forward slash Arclight Agile. So share your thoughts with us on this episode and send us any topics you'd like us to discuss in the future.